okay uh let me let me try to do this introduction thing so let's see how this goes good evening everybody this is june 21st 2023 this is commish speaking uh jordan is out with injury he is on the injured list he is down with a back injury and his doctor said he needed a bacchiotomy so i am going to be the host this evening Really? No, he's just in a lot of pain and, and I'm hosting for him. We have a couple of guests. I don't know how this is going to go. I am just basically doubting how well this podcast will, will go, but it, it'll probably just be normal like every other podcast we ever do. I, I am joined by Katie. Katie, our Florida State correspondent. How are you this evening? I'm great, guys. I'm great. I'm in Florida. She, Back in Florida. She's in Florida. Mm -hmm. She's in Florida. She's returned from the moon like her airplane. Oh my gosh. I was, my mind was blown when I was looking for my plane yesterday on the Delta app, because you can see where it's coming, because I was delayed like an hour and a half. And the route that it went was not, because it was the flight from Orlando to coming up to New York where I was. And anyways, there was a little detour that basically went off the map. And I was like, does this mean it went to the moon? Because I kind of hope so. She came back on a rocket ship. We're definitely glad Katie is back. We're also joined by Kevin from, from scenic Jacksonville, Florida. How That's you doing me. tonight, Kevin? I'm good. I was almost late to recording because I'm uh, relitigating the entire 1982 season after the injustice we discovered on Sunday's recording, but I will probably turn that into a Substack piece at some point in the near future. All right. So we're going to redo 1982. I love it. J just the bull picks. Just the bull picks? Yes. Are you, okay. All right. You're not going to go further than that. And I hope his metrics still leave out New Mexico and Tulsa. <laughs> that would be extremely sickos. Uh, if that, his metrics still leave out. I can out. tell you it does not leave out Tulsa. I have okay. not. Okay. I only have like three bowl games done. But Okay. Well, he, <laughs> Tulsa's already got a bowl bid in his fictional relitigation of 1982, which is fantastic. We're also joined by the corn correspondent live from the College World Series. Well, no, he just lives in the city. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, how are you this evening? Good. Just vibing. You could say I'm live from the College World Series because this is really all we've got going for us. Like we live for these ten days out of the year, and that's not even a joke. Like this is where hotels make their profits, bars make their profits. These ten days are the greatest. But for me personally, yeah, I was watching the game on TV, and I don't have a Malort drink this time. Uh -oh. I've got a, I have a delicious chili cheese beer oh, that was God. a collaboration with Hormel. Wait, and a Hormel chili cheese beer. Okay. It tastes just like a chili cheese dip, except you're drinking it. I don't know. I'm how just I feel imagining. That, <laughs> that just... is a deeply danger beer, and by danger I mean the <laughs> member oh, 100%. of the committee. <laughs> Him and the pizza and ranch beers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is one of those drinks where you're like, it's not bad, but it is not something I should be drinking. This is... Is it like one of those beers you would get to the bar and you'd be like, let me try the chili cheese beer. And like, hey, I had it once, but I'm never going to reorder it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is one like if I saw this on tap at a bar, I would ask for like a little two ounce taster mm. and say, yeah, it's good. You nailed the flavor. Let me drink something else. <laughs> All right. Uh, can I ask you how strong it is? Like, what's the, the percent on it? Does it tell you? Um, It's got certified colors, whatever that means. It is five and a half percent ABV. Five percent. So that's like a standard. That, that's five your, and a half. But yeah, it's five a, and it's a, a okay. butt heavy, I think. Okay. Yeah. Butt heavy. Like, I it's think not it's not outlandish. Five. Nothing too crazy. 
Okay, yeah. wait, I have a question, Andrew. Do you genuinely enjoy Malort? I do now. Um, <laughs> it is it is 100% the Stockholm Syndrome of alcohols. Oh, uh, yeah. At first, at first, like everybody else, like I, I drank it. I'm like, this is awful. But mm-hmm. I have to make other people drink it too. So I would drink it with them. And then it just kind of said, you know, this is not that bad. I'm kind of into it now. Because the the picture that I uploaded like uh, two weeks ago from the bar around yeah. the corner from me, it's literally like walking distance from where I live. And we go all the time. And before I even knew what Malort was a few years ago when I had, we, we tasted it. And I was like, this is, I've only had it once and it was not good. Because it was a $4 yeah. shot. And I was like, well, I have to try it. Is not good. Well, if you if you want to like it, just keep powering through. If you don't want to like it, that that, that's me. fine. <laughs> but I might try. We'll see. We'll see. They have Chili so cheese. many so many bottles. They must have bought a bunch of cases. And yeah, anyways, it's four dollars shots all the time. No refunds. Deeply appreciate the now that qualifier that you tacked on to the end of that statement of. Oh yeah. Do you enjoy Malort? <laughs> I do now. Is somebody holding you hostage? Is there like a yeah. gun off screen right Blink now? Blink three times if you need us <laughs> to save you. you don't like this? It is the ghost of Carl Jepsen himself. I don't even know if he's dead or not. We might have to verify if the, the guy that invented Malord is alive or, or dead. I don't know. Vicky Carl Jepsen. <laughs> so speaking of the College World Series, LSU did just defeat Wake Forest. So they are going to, I guess, a, a rubber match. Winner takes all the play the Florida Gators for the College World Series title in the final series. Wake and LSU, whoever wins the next game tomorrow, will will be heading to that championship series. But LSU, you know, the big news out of Omaha, of course, is the the jello shot record that LSU has put up already, and the the College World Series is still not over. Oh, Raisin Kane himself. Yes. Helped out with that. Raisin Kane. Well, I guess not Raisin Kane himself, because that's the dog. Yeah, the dog hey, was no rule says shots. a dog can't drink jello shots. I mean, Air Bud, we're probably drinking. Guys, I'm kind of impressed. It's what Air Bud 47 is? Air Bud wins the jello shot competition. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, Air Bud goes to the College World Series to help LSU win the jello shot contest. The jello shot <laughs> I'm trying to think of a dog liquor pun that can work there, but it's not coming to me right now. No, oh, well. he would like, he would drink some old yeller jello. But uh, mm. no, that was bad. No, very bad. Please cut that, Jordan. He's going to leave it in if I ask. So, <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's for sure getting left in. I'm kind of impressed by Oral Roberts showing. I just have to throw that out there. They're beating Florida and Tennessee. I, I can't of... give Oral Roberts credit. I, I just know. feel like I that's... S- yeah, I still subscribe to the theory that it's locals propping them up. That's great. I, I mean, yeah. oh, it's very funny. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Oh. That's probably true. Big time. It's probably true. Also, very, very funny. I'm giggling at Florida beating Tennessee by a field goal right now. That was the the most recent update we got, I believe, a few hours ago on Wednesday night, the, the 21st, at about 9.15 p.m., which I have a feeling these numbers are going to go up for LSU. Yeah. Since they just they just earned themselves one more game, so more time for Jello shots mm-hmm. in in LSU. Uh, the the owner of Canes uh, was it Todd Graves, owner and founder of of Canes, made a six thousand Jello shot purchase yesterday. Was it yesterday? Uh, yesterday or two days ago. Yesterday or two days ago. So it was either Monday or Tuesday, June nineteenth. So two. So days that was ago. two days ago. He made a, a six thousand 
Jello shot purchase. So basically, thirty thousand dollars on Jello shots, and that helped LSU break the record. <clears throat> Ole Miss fans and Tennessee fans apparently were upset. This one large donation of Jello shots has sullied the good name of the record. Well, no longer worry, Ole Miss. Uh, LSU has beaten your record with or without the six thousand Jello shots mm-hmm. bought by I the Canes owner. Say- Ole Miss can't be that upset about it because they had the real tree camo guy helping them out last year. Very true. Ole Miss, you know. And uh, Arkansas had somebody from their, some alum from their school. Can we just say John out. Daly did it? We, we can say it was John okay. Daly. That John sounds Daly like something he'd do. Yeah. yeah. Mississippi State, they had, had some, there's there's always big purchases. So whatever the the record is it's it's there they're buying the shots I, this I, is I'm like complaining about buying recruits like just get more money yeah. i'm sorry <laughs> sorry don't now, be imagine, poor <laughs> imagine exp- imagine explaining to your accountant that you spent 30 grand on jello shots <laughs> for an arbitrary bar contest in omaha nebraska can can you try to do that right now i don't have an accountant so i cannot <laughs> <laughs> I would just say to pretend like, hey, uh, oh, um, yeah. Like, hey, uh, I'm sorry. What's this? Uh, hey, uh, um, correspondence. What is what is this thirty thousand dollar charge at Rocco's? Yeah. So um, the thing about that. So don't get mad. It was for Jello shots. But oh. but before you get mad, okay. Proceeds do go to a food bank. Mm-hmm. So can we call this a tax write off? I think we could. Um, Charitable donation, very yeah, creative. It's a charitable donation, so like I will, you can you can fudge these numbers, right? Definitely, I I will. I am your caniac, and I will definitely be cooking the books for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right, we deep figured it out. Frying those we books. <laughs> well, we'll deep fry the books with with no slaw, extra toast, or maybe more slaw. I don't I don't know. So and absolutely no seasoning. No seasoning. <laughs> Gotta have the sauce. Mm. It's so good. Canes is very good drunk food. I'll just say that. Like when when it's like two in the morning, and you just go through the drive through. It's it's kind of like I don't think Cajun. our canes are open that late. Really? Okay. That again. This is me doing the New Orleans thing. Like thinking everywhere is the same as New Orleans again. Like we have canes <laughs> open to like four in the morning. I don't know if we. Ha- I'm yeah. trying to see if we have. Do we have them in Florida, Kevin? I don't think we do. Do we? I don't know if I've seen one near me. Oh, wait. Uh, there is one that closes at 2 a.m. There's one in oh. you know, there's one in Gainesville, and there's one in Clearwater. Yeah, I don't nice. think there's one in Orlando. Gainesville makes sense. But, but speaking of you doing the New Orleans thing and assuming everywhere is like New Orleans, I saw a tweet uh, one of the first days of the College World Series talking about how LSU fans don't understand that you can't walk around with open alcohol in Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that as well. Uh, no, this is. But, but this, this is one of those like, if it's not enforced, is it really a rule? <laughs> no, I, I mean Mardi Gras, which basically parades go through the neighborhoods in New Orleans, and then it'll, then it'll eventually make its way to downtown on like Canal Street in, in the French Quarter area. But like, you're just sitting there relaxing on the neutral ground, or if you're on the sidewalk side, sorry, the neutral ground is a median for everybody else. Oh, you know, okay. The neutral ground because. There's history to it, but we just call it the neutral ground. So you basically you're just out there just drinking, have a good time, you have a canister open like it's nothing. The fun part is is when my dad used to take me on vacations and we'd go to different 
you know, parts of the country where the liquor laws and the, you know, open container laws were just crazy and different. So we went to the basketball hall you of mean fame. They exist. Yeah, they exist. I think in new Orleans, they don't. I was going to say, I think <laughs> most places you cannot do that. My, no, is my understanding. And new Orleans is the exception as opposed to the rule. Maybe yeah. new Orleans, Savannah, mm-hmm. Las Vegas. I think those are the, the exceptions. Mm-hmm. Those the are exceptions. the ones I know about. Yeah. And, and, like, growing up as a kid, you don't know this until you leave, man. Like, I mean, you don't realize this. So we went to the Basketball Hall of Fame in, like, Western Massachusetts, which is, like, Springfield, Massachusetts. And then we go eat at some chain restaurant right next to the the Basketball Hall of Fame. And my dad starts walking out with his his beer. And he starts walking out. And he gets to the, the host station. Asked the guy, he was like, hey, can I get a to-go cup? And the guy's look was just basically like, my dad was an alien. <laughs> like, like where, where the fuck are you from? <laughs> How dare you? A to-go cup? What is a to-go cup? You can't take that outside, mm-hmm. sir. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it's one of those memories that is stuck. It's, it's a core memory because I just started laughing. I'm like, and then I slowly started realizing that, you know, New Orleans was the exception, not the rule, mm-hmm. which, which... <laughs> It's a little bit of a rude awakening, you know, going to these other cities. I'm like, man, New Orleans is a little bit different than everywhere else. Guys, I once had to explain open container laws to my mother. This was back, I think it was, it was a long time ago. Anyways, like 15 years ago or something, we were painting a room at a house I was renting or whatever. And we were leaving to go do something and we'd had a margarita or something. And she wanted to bring it in the car. And I was like, mom, like, you cannot do that. It's definitely illegal and she was like no it's not you're the one who's driving and i was like no you cannot have an open container in this car and i was like also i have had a margarita and she was like well if they if we get pulled over i'll just tell them it's mine and i'm like mom again this is illegal my sweet mother bless her heart had to explain to her what open open container laws were she was like so you just can't drive around with an open open beer and i was like no you cannot that is one of the things I like about Missouri is they yeah. allow for open containers too. So every summer we go down to Lake of the Ozarks for a weekend. And as soon as we cross that border, whoever is not driving immediately cracks open mm-hmm. a beer. Tennessee is the same way. It's got to be because of, okay, in Missouri, I'm guessing it's because Budweiser. They've got to have lobbied like someone or something. In Tennessee, maybe well, I... actually, I don't know Tennessee because... The county where Jack Daniels is is a dry county, but maybe they've yeah. lobbied everything else. Anyways, yeah. When I, I lived in Missouri, I lived in St. Louis for a year, and I was like, "Oh, this is a great. This is great." I, I love the the New Orleans thing, or which they had these in Monroe too, but like the drive through daiquiris. Oh the, yeah. The hack for the open container is if they tape the straw to the lid. <laughs> so yeah. it's technically uh... not an open container. <laughs> The, as long as the straw is taped to the lid, it's not an open container. You can drive through and get some daiquiris. When Omaha restaurants were doing cocktails to go during COVID, that was one of their things too. It's like as long as the straw was taped to the lid, mm-hmm. you were allowed to take it with you. Actually, yeah, that got ha- that got widely adopted during COVID. Yeah, I was gonna say, in- I had only heard of it yeah. in Louisiana and Houston was the other place I experienced it before COVID. Yeah, Orlando, and I'm sure it was county by county, but we had relaxed open container laws where like you could take them from restaurants and walk around like the lake that was close by and have. Anyways, I don't know how much of that they put back, but yeah, it was very nice. You could do a little happy hour walk. It was great. I do want to give a shout out to Wake Forest, though. I, I did not expect them to. I mean, they're at 6,986 shots as as of this recording. 
I, I think that's not. the entire living alumni base. Like, what, <laughs> like how many? Do I think they consumed more Jello shots than they have actually enrolled students right now? Fake forest enrollment. Okay, it's uh, definitely eighty nine fifty. So eighty nine fifty. Okay, so they're oh, wow. they're about two thousand away from their enrollment, mm. which I think I think they may get it. Which would be crazy if Wake puts up their enrollment numbers. I think we need to tweet that out to encourage them to show up. <laughs> I mean, they could buy online too, apparently, which is, I found that's, that's definitely weird. Well done, Wake. Well done. Very, very proud of uh, Wake Forest Jello Shot performance. Uh, nobody yeah. else has really surprised me there. I thought uh, TCU, again, solid third spot. You know, Virginia and Stanford, yeah, yeah, it's about right. Tennessee and Florida, I thought they would do better, but I'm yeah, kind of disappointed. Kind of disappointed mm-hmm. in Florida. Mm-hmm. TCU and. Wake Forest and or Roberts is beating. That's just that's yeah, guys. Fantastic, fantastic effort. I love this. And I mean, since you're at the College World Series, Andrew, you you've gone down to get some Jello shots, right? Not yet this year. I did last year. Okay. And I I I helped boost Ole Miss, but mm-hmm. I, I haven't made it down yet this year. Who are we? Who are you going to help this year? I mean, I kind of feel like I should help an underdog. So. Like like help, LSU doesn't need help, so I'm, no, I don't no. I don't need to help LSU. Mm-hmm. If it was close, I would probably help LSU, but I don't know. I might buy one for Florida. Apparently, apparently the machine lets you choose the alcohol, so I'll see if they can make me some Malort can Jello you, shots oh and my just gosh. toss them out to people. <laughs> Malort Jello shots. Oh my god, lovely. Can you can you do it for Virginia if you go down there? Because they have I mean, 697. I, I just want Virginia into 700. Oh, in the sevens, yeah, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> you just need three. Then, yeah. Do a Malort trade. Can we leave it up to the followers? Can we put that out with the podcast tweet and let people lobby for what school Andrew should support? Uh We'll just put. I am more than down for that. Okay, we'll do that. That'd be fun. Let the the podcast folks uh, and the Twitter will tell you who to vote for. And I don't know. We'll have them pick how many choices we got left. I think I think the poll lets you do four. I am not putting Oral Roberts on there. I'm just going to say that. I mean, we can do. They already got enough. We can just do top two and bottom two. So you do like LSU, Wake, or Stanford and Virginia? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That'll be good. Let's move it on to the next section. We had our flag draft last podcast. And oh boy, did we have some flag opinions flying, which which was fantastic. I really loved the flag draft. It was it was awesome. I enjoyed it. I, I have regrets. I, I'm upset that I did not pick Namibia. I, I really wanted them in, in, instead of the Solomon Islands, but I, I'm pleased with the Solomon Islands, but I wanted Namibia. Uh, we had a lot of people just really, 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 really like gung-ho for Barbados. I mean, it's a great flag, but, you know, the commish didn't have any green in it. So Which, which came first, Barbados's flag or the Maserati logo? Because that's why I didn't, I didn't pick Barbados, because I was just like, want to be Mar- Maserati. There was also a lot of love for Equatorial Guinea. Which I, I mean, definitely when there's an Equatorial Guinea hive, I remember w- rooting for them in the Women's World Cup, which is coming up shortly. Uh, they were just cheering for them to try to go all the way, uh, or just at least score a goal or so. I don't know if they did or not in the last World Cup, but I was rooting for them. People really, really love flag. You know, Albania making it to the fifth round, and and apparently we all have to go to jail, according to an Instagram comment, since nobody drafted Barbados. Kevin says he has an apology. I have an apology specifically to all of our Barbados fans out there. 
In the fourth round, I made an emotional decision based on losing Kazakhstan to Pit Girl. Barbados was best available on my board at the time, and after losing Kazakhstan, I made the emotional decision to go with Kyrgyzstan instead of Barbados, and in hindsight, that was wrong, and I apologize to all of you for that and any pain I have caused you. I will learn from this and do better in future drafts. It sounds like the Tim Tebow apology. (laughs) I'm behind on pods. I need to listen to last week's. Did anyone try to draft the the Ferrari flag in lieu of the Italian flag? Because that's what I would have done. No, because we had a list of acceptable Jordan flags. Was, no. Jordan tried to game the system, so we yeah, had a very was, explicit list we were able to pick from. Was, <laughs> Jordan was trying to like litigate this to death, and I was like, no, we are using this Wikipedia page and this page only. Don't be trying to pull some crazy shit, Jordan. And we got him to agree to that list. Uh, yeah. It would have been good to I go mean, with the Ferrari flag instead of Italy. But... I would have made some sort of like executive order that I could have the Ferrari flag yeah. instead of the Italian flag. I'm kind I mean, of I get it because like I wanted to be able to draft whales or some yeah. of the more fun Nordic cross yeah. options, but you know, you know, abided by the rules and made my mistakes within them. But yeah, it is what it is. Let's 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 you know, it, it was well received. We may do another flag draft. We may do a state flag draft. Uh, we may do a city flag draft. There's, there's many more drafts that we can do, and it's still we're still deep into the off season. We are uh, maybe like a little bit over two months away from week zero, so we got some time to do some stuff. So, and definitely state we, flag draft might be tough, but yeah, that would be lot of seal on a bed sheets in there. <laughs> maybe only do like three rounds, <laughs> a four round, because those state flags. There's like 20, 20 flags that is just. Basically, it's a bed sheet with a seal on it. Kind of surprised there wasn't more love for Switzerland. I mean, mm. I mean, the flag itself is a big plus. Mm-hmm. Hey. <laughs> hey, Jordan, cut that. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> only my bad jokes you can cut. Leave that one in. Uh, <laughs> uh, today we 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 did a couple of graphics today on the Twitter, the Twitter sphere, and oh my God, did we just I feel like we, our mentions were just going insane with a couple of different things. The first thing uh, we we did was, I'm going to shift the order here on the, the notes. The first thing we did was part five of our non-NCAA championships. We didn't have 40 this time, uh, <laughs> but we did have a lot. And we, we posted those. There was a lot of, a lot of uh, comments associated with a, a few things. Some Kansas State fans were just amazed that they wound up on each individual graphic of the five <laughs> each time. And so they're, they're claiming the non-NCAA National Champions Championship because they made it to every single graphic and they were the only school to do it. <laughs> That's incredible. What's the, uh, is it the President's Cup? What's the thing that Stanford wins every year? Oh, for the Director's having, Cup. Like, the Director's, director's cup. cup. So, so. so you know. Kansas State, you win the Sickos Committee yeah. Director's Cup of non-NCAA. Commission's Cup. We'll call it the Commission's the, Cup. The Commission's <laughs> Cup. Beautiful. I like that. Thank you. Were there any of your favorites on this one here? Or are just of the few championships we had today? We have the graphic posted anywhere? Oh, I'm there it is. fascinated by lunar tourism, personally, that Maryland won. Lunar tourism, I, okay. Uh, I is it like you know just going to like the magnetic North Pole? I really don't know what these are. Like some of these, I just don't know. 
And Jordan I haven't, would know. I haven't looked into it. I just saw it right now, and I deeply need to know what that means. <laughs> yeah, that one's interesting to me. I, I do love the idea of dancer PhD. That's that's got to be awesome because that's that's been going on for years, apparently. Yeah, which is 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 absolutely incredible. Like you 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 submit your thesis and then you do an interpretive dance for your thesis. And Oregon won it, and then Jordan put like the the picture of of puddles, the Oregon duck, mm-hmm. uh, there, and I was just imagining the Oregon duck dancing for his doctorate. <laughs> Wait, who who? What logo is that with sails? With just sails next Dayton. to it. Dayton. Dayton. That and feels, that, that's a deeply, deeply Dayton. That thing feels very too. Ohio. That feels very Ohio. <laughs> My dad's a Dayton alum, so I had to send it to him. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Congratulations on your sales national title." <laughs> It was like, yeah, go, one of my, go Flyers, baby. One of my coworkers is an MIT alum, so I sent her the NASA Mars homesteading championship. And? She never responded. I just sent it to her. I said, hey, congrats. <laughs> she never responded. Yeah. Incredible. Hey, congrats she... on your homesteading. <laughs> no response. Another graphic we put out today was one done by one of our, our Patreon members, Grant. He did the math and calculations. So we put out the ones for the Sunbelt School closest to the nearest Piggly Wiggly. We did the Mac School closest to a CVS. And this one we did Big 12 schools ranked by how many punts it would take to get to the nearest Culver's. And Grant did the calculations for this. He did the average punt for each team's punter. Oh, my gosh. And then then measured it. And measured it from the stadium to the nearest Culver's. And we posted that. And, oh, my God, did that <laughs> did that just take off? We got retweeted by Culver's themselves. That's amazing. Okay, I love that he did the average punt length for each of the punters at the school. I would have found some random number, but that's amazing. Good job, Grant. I love that. Good job, Grant. Join- Honorary sicko. Well, no, he's he is a sicko. He's, a he's sicko, in the committee. Yeah. He's in the Patreon. <laughs> oh, Good job, Grant. Join the Patreon, and we will inspire you to do weird, sicko things and make graphics about them uh, on your behalf and, and post them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. The Rutgers, so the Rutgers the one is Rutgers. making me laugh. 14,641 punts. That's so far. I don't even know. What's the nearest one to Rutgers? Uh, I don't know, but I'm surprised it's that far because I have – five separate culvers within half an hour of me and i live in florida yeah there's like so. two, two that are like uh so closest one there's 23 in ohio 16 in kentucky okay mm. and 14 in north carolina so one of those states it's probably ohio but yeah i don't know yeah maryland's a little bit closer so i mean think maybe ohio you would pun- you're, yeah. you're punting your way from maryland to ohio mm. It's a long ways. Yeah, 14,000 punts is definitely an RSI. <laughs> somebody, somebody somebody, was like, hey, you got to factor in that there's some hills in these cities. I'm like, no, we are not doing no, oh, topography. Okay. Elevation. The closest one is probably either uh, East Lake, Ohio, or Canton, Ohio. Go to what? the NFL Hall okay. of Fame and punch your way from Hold Maryland. on, though. I have a question about these hills. Like, how are hills going to affect, I mean, mountains, maybe? Well, I don't know. That's that's a crazy, okay, no. We're not factoring that in. <laughs> no. Katie, remember, they follow the Sickos Committee. That's they're they're that's probably, fair. they're okay. a little bit awful like us. Crazy so. like us. Uh, 
a little crazy. Like a... We're not talking about run game. We're talking about punting. Right. Wisconsin. Wisconsin just really upset all in the mentions from this. Just being ranked fifth. Oh, because they're, yeah, I get, there must not be a Culver's in, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's one about, like, three miles away from the stadium, mm-hmm. and, but it makes them fifth. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there was at one point in time an Iowa coach left Iowa and to run an, a Culver's franchise. Good for him. I bet he has a happy life. <laughs> I guess so, man. Having some cheese mm-hmm. curds. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wisconsin, pull a Mercedes-Benz Stadium and just put it in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they got a Chick-fil-A in the stadium that's open on Sundays. Put a Culver's in your stadium. Solve the problem. Make it zero. Like Katie punts. said earlier, stop being poor. Stop Do being it. poor, y'all. <laughs> uh Atlanta, the Atlanta Braves have a um Waffle House in their new baseball stadium. And I wanted to hate Beautiful. on it, but it's great. It's honestly great. It's a good choice. It's a very good choice. I'm still laughing that this guy was like, I'm done working with Kirk Ferentz. I am gonna open my own Culver's. <laughs> I'm telling you, it probably has a better life. His I, life's I mean, great. I, 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 they interviewed some of his employees. He's a friendly boss. Sometimes he talks to us as as if we're his team. So I think he kind of brought that with him. It's amazing. He learned from Kirk Ferentz on how to, to coach your Culver's employees. Love it. Congratulations to our friend Lucy. Yes. On winning Congratulations. the closest Culver's by, by punts. Also closest. appropriate that it, well... I don't know if it's appropriate or not that it's by punts with Iowa. It should be longer. Maybe they should be in Rutgers spot because they like to punt a lot. <laughs> I love all the quotes. It's like, this stat is Midwestern as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's Big Ten. It's Big Ten. Man. That it's was like, the point. That's the point. Let's <laughs> so do that. I think we have one coming up a little bit later. We're still working on it. I think uh, our friends at uh, CFB Home did one associated with Publix and the Florida schools. So Love that. Uh, stadium to Florida school. So I know South Florida is probably going to be upset here. I'm just going to say that. So it's going to be a lot of fun there. And um, we may get that out eventually. I don't, I don't know, uh, you know, depending on how, how Jordan's back is acting up here. When I was at Florida state, there's a Publix that's really close to campus that we referred to. And I'm sure it's still referred to as club Publix Cause it was like the happen and hopping Publix that all the college students went to. It was fun. It was very fun. Club Publix. Club Publix where- yeah. So you Publix. did that too, right? Like it's it's two in the morning and there's only like Walmart open, a Publix open, and everybody oh, would just walk no, around. No, it was just the okay, one. That right. No, it's still closed. Okay. at ten p.m. I'm sure or eleven maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe eleven. Well, I mean, maybe it got a little wild and stayed up until eleven. But yeah, they were Monroe still- had a, a twenty four hour Walmart, and and mm-hmm. it's like three in the morning, and you're you're just getting out of the club, and like everybody's done with the club because the club's closed at two, and then just people start walking around Walmart. I don't know if I ever, I don't think I ever did that. I'm trying to remember, we, yeah, I don't think we did that. We Stone went Lake to, was like that too. We went to Guthrie's, because yeah. I think Guthrie's was open until three, which was a chicken place. <laughs> Delicious. But yeah. Hey man, let's go, let's go to Walmart. Like what? Like we just left the club. Walmart, it's open. It's open, baby. All right, did did everybody see this Nick Saban VR boxing video from, apparently from Christmas? Yes. And that's been hidden <laughs> from us? I mean, it's kind of like... I didn't the, watch the whole thing, but yeah, I saw parts of it. The Baby Gronk video was from, like, March, and it just surfaced recently, right? I think it was from, like, a long time ago, right? I think it was. I don't know. I refuse to learn anything I, about I'm not, that. I'm not... No, I, again, I, know. I am it's taking... Bad. It's bad. I'm pretty sure the video is from, like, March, and it just surfaced, and everyone was losing their minds. Everyone was like, this has been yeah, up for a while. I'm done. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. We we can't tweet, because apparently they'll they'll find us, so I don't want to say it either. Mm-mm. Uh but yes, this is uh, 
Nick Saban doing some VR boxing, which it looks like it was Christmas time, which is great. I, I don't I don't know how good his form is. It looks like from one of his uh, daughters tweeted this. Mm-hmm. So he's he's putting his hands up and I don't know. Would you rate his form? I don't know much about boxing, so I'm the wrong person to ask. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a boxer. I was entertained by it. I was certainly entertained by it. Oh no. ESPN's prompted me to watch a video of Stephen A and Mad Dog after this. No. Sorry. No. no. Turn it off. <laughs> Make it stop. That's a, Make it stop. I just love that Nick Saban, yeah. Always want to be down with what the youths are doing. Stays young. I like it. Our last podcast title was uh Spice It Up for Brady Hoke which I had no idea that was going to be the podcast title, which is great. The Mountain West is, is not giving giving them an open relationship at this point. So they're not going to give San Diego State the open relationship. Okay, so did this all go down yesterday? It, it kind of went down on, I'd say like Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Okay. So San Diego State requested a one-month extension given unforeseen delays involving other collegiate athletic conferences beyond their control. But San Diego State gave the Mountain West like a heads up, like, hey, we're probably going to be leaving you. Mm. We're going to leave you, Mountain West. We just wanted to give you a heads up. Interesting. And the Mountain West is, Mountain West is like, no, you do not get the extension. So they will not be spicing anything up for Brady Hoke here. So then did anything change in conference realignment yesterday? Because I thought I saw a tweet no. about it. Okay, okay. Because I was traveling and I saw something about conference realignment and I was like, did I miss an announcement? All right. I feel better that I didn't miss anything. So San Diego State wants to go. Mm. But we don't know where they want to go. You would ideally think that they're going to try to go to the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 doesn't have their ducks in a row mm. for their TV deal. So everything is just hinging on this never-ending Pac-12 trying to get a TV deal thing. Pac-12. And that puts in yeah. a, such a mess. So in a weird position. Which, again, the San Diego State Big 12 or maybe the Big East could possibly happen. Who knows? Watch them go to the SEC. And the SEC be like, we were, we were desperate for California. I don't know why San Diego State wants to leave so bad, but they I think they realize that there's a giant hole in the Southern California market, and they're trying to fill that in the Pac-12. I mean, they're trying to step up. They seem like they've been trying to step up for a long time, and then they just made the national championship game in, in college basketball, so they got to capitalize, right? Yeah. Strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. Get more money. Get paid. That's right. Except I don't know if going to the Pac-12 will get paid. Yeah, I don't. I, I hope this winds up with like New Mexico State and UTEP going to the Mountain West, because I feel like those two schools need to be in the Mountain West. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They feel Mountain West, not not Conference USA at all, but you know, Conference USA doesn't have a hyphen anymore in their logo. Oh wow! Okay, just decided they didn't need it anymore. All right. It's like I'm done. Yeah, their announcement uh, tweet for that said that the hyphen had entered the transport portal. And to please respect the hyphen's decision at this time. The logical question there is, what is the best landing spot for the hyphen? Ohio State, the the Ohio State University with a hyphen at the end that they've trademarked. That's where it's going to go. It's going to be not at the end. So it's the Ohio State hyphen. I'm just joking because they love to trademark things. They're going to take it from someone since Conference USA is giving it up. They're going to take it. The hyphen Ohio State. Mm -hmm. The hyphen Ohio State. I do like the the sun hyphen belt mm, that connects like the that sun too. and the belt. You know, it's like a belt for the sun belt. Do you think the Mid American Conference they already have a hyphen, right? Like Mid American. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Do they have? Do they need another? You know, hyphen. So Mid American Conference, and it reads as like all one hyphenated word. We could do that. Yeah. 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 I don't. I'm trying to think of like SEC and ACC 
doesn't really make sense. Big Ten, Big Twelve. The SEC already has the hyphens because they have S hyphen E hyphen C. On SEC, I thought it was just SEC. No, there I thought there weren't any hyphens. No, in in like the sign. Oh, oh, I gotcha. And they have the hyphens in the middle. Oh, they don't. I'm sorry. I'm imagining things. Yeah, I was gonna say. (laughs) I'm putting them in there. Yeah, I was like, I don't. I think the Sun Belt had that once upon a time, but not in the current logo. I thought for sure. Okay, so the Sun Belt, the hyphen belt. No, maybe not. I'm wrong too. Yeah, I can't think of any that have had hyphens besides Mid Atlantic. I just I wanted to go to the Pac-12 and they just get double hyphen. Like pack tack tack twelve, <laughs> the pack one two, <laughs> the pack one two. Pack so it looks like two. a dance step. I mean, if all the realignment rumors are true, it may be down to the pack one two real quick here. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We have no idea what's going on with the pack twelve, and we've been really kind of avoiding it because it's just like it feels kind of depressing. I would say. Like, I love the Pac-12. I like, the Pac-12. I want it to stay. It's yes. fun. I mean, I don't think we'd have a committee if it wasn't for the Pac-12 after dark. The Pac-12 North, what used to be the Pac-12 North next year, like has Michael Penix, DJ Ugeagalele, and um, Bo Nix next year. Like it's it's just the redemption hub for quarterbacks having a second life, and it's going to be so much fun. I'm absurdly excited for it next year. Yeah, to that's, be honest, that's actually like, a good point. It's going to be so much fun. Uh-huh. It's it's always fun. I really don't. I do love that they, they tend to be like the crabs in the bucket where mm-hmm. like one team gets all high and mighty and then there's just a random Pac-12 team that pulls them down. Like, oh, oh yeah, you think you're going to the college football playoff? And then like just one random team, it doesn't matter what it is. They'll just pull them back to earth. It's like, oh no. And all the Pac-12 fans, they they hate each other so much. Like you will never catch them saying Pac-12, Pac-12, like, at a a bowl game. They want every other team in that conference to lose. Like, they hate each other tremendously. It is is ridiculous. Some good hatred out there. And and, and definitely don't want to see the Pac-12 go to the wayside at all. No, we need the Pac-12. I don't know if San Diego State feels Pac-12 enough for me, personally. I know it's just out there. But I feel like Fresno State would be better Pac-12-y, personally, I think. But there's like yeah. three. There's already two schools in that area, so they would never invite Fresno State. But like Fresno has been known to the go toe for toe, toe to toe against everybody. Like Oregon State had to win on a walk off touchdown last year, and Fresno State upset UCLA. Like Jake Hayner. Yeah, but dying. Jake Hayner's gone now. So yeah. will Fresno State still be what they are? I think they're gonna be good. I mean, like Mountain West good, but like yeah, I don't fair. think they'll be Pac-12 good. But yeah. I. I Fresno State feels more Pac-12-y to me than San Diego State, I, I think. I know San Diego State's out there. San Diego State, in my mind, still feels like whack. Like the whack. Uh, shout out to Ben in the Discord, who dropped a ton of 1982 Pac-12 title race knowledge on us after Sunday's episode. Saw a little bit of that. Uh, I saw that when he went through it, and I revisited a little bit of that when I was going through my stuff earlier this afternoon, um, talking about crabs in a bucket uh 1982 washington lost two games both were conference games and both were to teams well under 500 like it's just you never know what it it is what it is and it always has been it's what the pac-12 has always been it's great you never know which one is gonna rise up and get you 
out of nowhere, but somebody's going to get you. But uh, I'll just skip ahead and just plug the Sickos Patreon and, and Discord. Join the Patreon and Discord. Come chat with us. Come explore 1982 and just go deep in depth. We go through the crazy alma maters that we're going through right now. Shout out to Grant again for, you know, just going through a couple of different things. I think somebody in our Discord right now is 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 actually doing the the Sickos Commissioner's Cup that we just talked about in the Discord right now. So it's five dollars a month. It is extremely inexpensive. You know, basically let's let's do the less than a cup of coffee and, and just join and come chat with us throughout the day. We're up pretty much all day on it, trying to avoid doing our real jobs, which likely are not fun. And just chatting all day about really ridiculous things, no matter what it is, from talking about in and out fries today, uh, talking about suspicious fish in Iowa, uh, you know, just just random different things. In the, <laughs> apparently, somebody said something. There was they referenced the fake Burger King in, in Pittsburgh again. So uh, it's it's a fun place. We chat, we have a good time, and just just really really great to pass pass the time throughout the day, your work day. If you're bored, just come in and chat with us and and honestly when the season starts uh it's gonna be the fun time again five dollars a month you're gonna be in the committee meetings essentially ranking the games every week and you will have direct input on the sickos game of the week you'll have direct input on whatever game we we rank one through 40 it's it's a great community we're a lot of fun extremely friendly full and accepting everybody come on Come on in. The the water's fine. Also, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, the Sickos merch store, which is sickos-committee.selfy, S-E-L-L-F-Y, dot store. Go check us out. I, I just made a couple of different things. We have a, a Sickos Committee tote bag, because, I mean, who doesn't like a tote bag? Everybody needs a tote bag. <laughs> Go buy your groceries with the In This House tote bag. Let everybody know that In This House, the Sun Belt is the fun belt. And weeknights are for the Mac, along with the other, you know, Pac-12 After Dark, Hawaii is the nightcap. Love all of that stuff uh, on the In This House uh, for the low, low price of, of just basically $25. I also my, wanted to give a shit. I love oh, my sicko stickers. I love my stickers, and I get lots of compliments on them. They're my fridge. I, I still need to get some stickers. I've been a bad committee member. <laughs> the corn correspondent needs a sicko sticker with corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we got a bunch of stickers. We have a bunch of stuff licensed by, you know, Ward Sutton, Stan Kelly, uh, his his character, Stan Kelly. He, again, we signed a licensing agreement to, to make the Sickos number one football fan. We have a Sickos basketball fan. Uh, we have a whole bunch of different logos, and you can buy the stickers. I got one on my laptop right now, which I can't turn around to put on camera to show everybody, but it's the normal circle logo that we have. Extremely low prices. I think the, the most expensive item we have the store is like $32. Uh, and it's just some good stuff to support the committee, help us travel in the future, which again, all these profits and proceeds that we get, we're going to use this to travel to come to you, to come to whatever random Sickos football games we can afford to go to a, and attend. And, and who knows where it grows from here. So any any purchases that you make, we definitely appreciate it. And they definitely do help the committee grow. And maybe we'll be something bigger than what we are, which we just reached 90,000 followers. Which is, which, I mean, you know, Andrew and Kevin have been here since the beginning. Can you ever imagine 90,000 followers on Twitter? No. Not even a little bit. No. Nope. I think the account was created and we had like maybe like 10 followers or whatever. 
and we all knew each other. We all knew who mm-hmm. who the followers were, and now we're this. We're getting retweeted by Culvers and stuff. It's crazy. I should have paid attention um, to up, how many followers there were when I started following. I think it was early on. I, don't I, I think you were in the first season we started tweeting, Katie. I think you were like maybe within the first like two or three thousand followers. Yeah, I feel like it was pretty early. Very early on. I, I think we won you over with that three yard punt by Central Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> Probably something stupid. The most memorable one forever is the GIF. The GIF was just so good. Yeah, that the one mayonnaise, was the mayonnaise again, GIF. Like, I know. I it's not mayo. It. It's it's apparently I, it's an ice cream commercial. No, it so. is. I hate it and love it. It is disgusting, but it's also I, really it's, funny. It's disgusting. It's like that one's all Jordan. That the rest Jordan. of us hate it, but it comes out every year. It's Jordan. That's Jordan's so got to do it every time. That's why it's funny. Um, I wanted to just shout out again the Message Board Geniuses podcast. We talked about it last episode. want to give a shout out to the Sicko Substack. Again, we've been doing uh, some fun stuff this offseason. We just did a series of Who Hasn't Played Who Part 2. Uh, we talked about a, a couple of different matchups. We got some fun stuff coming up. Uh, for the one part three, which will probably be dropping Monday, go ahead and sign us up. Sign up for the free Substack. I'll definitely have to get with Kevin a little bit further, and we're going to start spreadsheeting the potato chip ratio, which we're still working, which is apparently a massive undertaking. Which I, I, I even I have underestimated how bad this would take, and and I'm willing to put in the manual spreadsheeting work. Uh, everybody's like, no, it's easier. And I'm like, I'll do it manually. I don't care. I am I am the commissioner and I, I will I will do this the hard way because I am not talented spreadsheeting months. Hopefully that'll be coming out in the next month or so. I don't want to put any pressure on it. And then finally, this is the ad read portion of the, the you know, the Sickos podcast. But uh, we are a part of the Home Field Apparel affiliate program. We have a code for your first purchase at Home Field. It is yes. Ha, 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 yes. For 15% off, it is good off of your first order at Home Field Apparel. Uh, if you're a Tennessee or Maryland Terrapin fan, uh, they have a refresh of their collections coming out this weekend. There is a Cherry Bowl shirt for Maryland, which is a Cherry Bowl ringer T-shirt. It says Cherry Bowl number two. It's like the Roman numeral two. It's a ringer tee. It is amazing. It is beautiful. Uh, it, it, it was the last cherry bowl that they've ever had. So they only had two cherry bowls. They had one in 1984, and there was only another one in 1985. Uh, the original cherry bowl was Army versus Michigan State. This one was Maryland versus Syracuse. And the cherry bowl took place in Michigan, which was uh, an interesting place for a bowl game. I'll just say that. We're not counting the Cher- Cherubundi Tart Cherry Bowl? No, that, that was different. That's the Cherubundi Book of Raton Bowl. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Are you drinking like, it looks like you're drinking out of like a, a spaghetti sauce jar. But okay. Oh, no, this is just an Nalgene <laughs> now. Oh. I, I finished the beer, now I'm drinking real water. Oh. I'm not that sicko. Okay, I was like, is he just drinking out of like a, a red jar? With like... okay. Nope, Nalgene. All right, perfect. So again, if you want to get your first order of Home Field Apparel, they have amazing shirts for every possible school you could think of, uh, essentially. And, and I'll eventually bully them in getting to getting ULM in, in Dartmouth for Jordan, which I know Katie Katie loves the Florida State Beach line that they have, right? Uh, they don't have Dude, it I anymore. Love, I love the Florida State Beach line. Oh, no. They, it was limited edition. And mm. um, so, yes, I have – well, I had three shirts, but one of them, I don't know what happened to it. Anyways, yeah, I have two. This reminds me, I'm buying my brother a 
home field shirt for his birthday. And I'm going to buy it right now. Cause I, I, all right. I See, look, use the code for, uh, use the code. Yes. Ha 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 ha. Yes. That's three ha ha's in the middle for 15% off your, uh, your first time purchase at home field apparel. Um, they did a Florida refresh and being a Florida state fan, I hate that. It's really, really good. That's what there's a tailgater shirt that I'm going to buy for my brother. Cause it's really good. I, Oh, that one was good. Yeah. Yeah. And my brother, I bought him once before and, um, he loves them and wears them a lot. So I'm going to buy him one. I still Be haven't bought the, the, the Wiener Schlinger shirt that they have. I have that one. Nebraska. and I, I love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I need to get it. Like that's one that's, it's been on my list and I haven't gotten it yet, but I, I will get that, that, the Wiener Schlinger shirt for Nebraska. It's a, a beautiful shirt. It is. I definitely have to get that. Which they have all this weird, like history. It's not your normal apparel that you see at like Fanatics or something like that. Homefield Apparel has the unique, crazy vintage logos that they only sell, and it's just some fantastic stuff. So, go right ahead and and use the code for your first purchase, and, and tell them Sicko sent you. Yes, ha ha ha. Yes. Yes, ha ha ha. Yes, off your first purchase. On to our recurring series, the best season of all time for teams who are below 500 all time. The B-S-O-A-T-F-T-W-A-B-T 518 for short. Apparently, we're on part 26 of 39, but actually, we've counted wrong because we're going to include Idaho in in this eventually. Uh, It's a 40-part series. Oh, wow. So this whole time we've been doing this, we've been counting wrong. Idaho is on the list below 500. I know they're no longer FBS. But we're going to call it a 40-part series now. We're going to give some Vandals, Vandal credit here because, you know, they, they play in the Kibbe Dome. So we're going, to, we're going to sneak them in eventually. But tonight, we're going to be talking about the Memphis Tigers. We're going to go walking in Memphis. Walking in Memphis. Ooh. You don't like that song? It's an all right song. It was just a forced reference. No, I, I've been I singing the song it. Ever, ever, ever since I've been doing research on this, I, I just had the song Walking in Memphis stuck in my head. So I was walking in Memphis. Okay, so Memphis is actually barely below 500. They are right on the cutoff of the series. There's only one team that is slightly above them, and that is Washington State. I do want to give a shout-out to the 1963 Tigers, the 9-0-1 Tigers. Their only tie that year was to number two Ole Miss. Also want to give a shout out to the 1929 Memphis Tigers. They were 8-0-2. They had a couple of ties. And then I do want to give another shout out to the 2019 Memphis Tigers who made the Cotton Bowl, lost to Penn State. They finished 12-2. and I wanted to give some history on the 1938 Memphis team. They were known as the West Tennessee State Teachers. So 1938 West Tennessee State, they played in something called Crump Stadium. So I just want to dig into the history of Crump Stadium. Yes, tell me more about Crump Stadium. Crump Stadium. I put the Wikipedia link in there, so let's let's go ahead and click on that. Uh, the need for a large stadium in Memphis was first proposed by Clarence Saunders, the founder of Piggly Wiggly. Woo! <laughs> Love it. And the owner of the Clarence Saunders Tigers, a semi-professional football team. <laughs> This dude owned a team, and he called them the Clarence Saunders Tigers. But why didn't he just call it Clarence Saunders like grocery store instead of Piggly Wiggly? But, uh, you know, alas, who knows? Weren't the Cleveland Browns named after, like, their owner, too? Yes. So Clarence Saunders wanted to be after. After after success against other established teams, it was thought that Memphis would join the fledgling 
National Football League. But the Great Depression wiped out Saunders and his piggly wiggly fortune. And Memphis oh, no. missed out on professional football for the first time. Uh, apparently, Memphis has missed out on professional football a lot in their history, along with some glorious cities like San Antonio uh, and Birmingham. So Memphis is one of those cities where whenever there's a new league, wherever it is, somehow they always get a team along with San Antonio and Birmingham. It'll work this time. That's right. <laughs> it's that is that Arrested Development meme. After the Great Depression wiped, wiped them out, in early 1932, plans for a large concrete stadium with a capacity of 25,000 people was presented to the Mid-South Fair Association with the promise that if it were built, efforts would be made to land big-time events of the tennis world. Mm. So they literally said, if you build it, they will come? If you build it, tennis will come. They didn't want anything else. They wanted tennis. I mean, well, I mean, it isn't, it isn't tennis-y. That's right. That's a fair point. <laughs> Okay, that's the show title there, Tennessee. Uh, in 1932, <laughs> the Memphis Park Commission gave a tentative approval for a 25,000-seat stadium to be created at the fairgrounds. Funds for the stadium were to be raised from the public through a buy-a-barrel-of-cement project. What? <laughs> like, like, is is this their, their version of, like, the buy a brick kind of thing except you're buying a barrel of cement i think I guess, so yeah. I, I would think so but this is what it was Just labeled buying individual supplies for the stadium i hope people went to home depot bought like a bag of cement put it in like a bucket and brought it to them that would have been great just give them a bag of quick read yes no <laughs> mix it in a one of those big buckets and just bring it to them your barrel of cement there it is it's like a well, it's, i mean if if you put it in the bucket, you don't even have to pour it. Then you can just stack the buckets. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, done. Put some drywall over the buckets. Call it a day. Yeah, this is great. I love it. I, I, I'm sorry to bring bring you down, but the the project was shelved in favor of a new field for Central High School. Fine. So the barrel buy a barrel of cement did not work. It didn't have a good didn't have a good tagline. Again, later that year in '32, plans for the new stadium, the city of Memphis, were drawn up and approved by the city managers. Funding for this Depression-era project was achieved when on December 16, 1933, a three-acre athletic field was approved by the state and federal Civil Works Authority and construction was completed in 1934. The stadium's original configuration was 7,000-seat capacity on wood bleachers 15 rows high with the space for another 4,000 on temporary seating. The stadium was under the control of the City Board of Education but was available to all levels of teams from high school to professional. In 1934, the school board voted to name the stadium for Congressman and former mayor E.H. Crump. So I want you to take a look at <laughs> at this thing. I was like, he, I just you can see Crump there in there, but click on his Wikipedia photo. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, all right. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Katie, Wait. have you seen it? No, I'm I'm on the Crump. I'm waiting for Katie's reaction. So I'm, I'm I'm on Crump Stadium. Where can I find you? E? I'm sorry, y'all. I'm being a bit scroll down right a little bit. Go oh, back to the oh, show. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, oh, like, buddy. Oh, like that looks that looks like a generic like Batman styled mayor. All I see is Mattia Bonotto glasses, but uh, which actually oh. I don't know if any of y'all get the, that Formula One reference, but um. I got it. Yeah, oh, I'm aware. Uh, he looked this. This is bad. Yeah, this is not good. He looks like a fake villain for sure. He looked like he got electrocuted. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna say that. 
But and then he scrolled down a little bit more, and he's got a James Bond look in 1915. Mm-hmm. What happened over 30 years? And a unibrow or a bad shadow? I don't know. Oh, buddy, crazy stuff. He's got some eyebrows, man. Guys, there's a this statue of him. That is a serious chin dimple, too. If you too. keep going down, there's a statue of him. And this looks rather generous, the way this statue is styled. When you said he looks like a generic villain, I was scrolling to see if there was a controversy section on Wikipedia. <laughs> there probably is. There probably <laughs> is. Bless. I'm sure there is. Oh, buddy. So after it was dedicated by Crump, Crump was like reluctant to accept the name of the stadium. He said he was pleased, but felt such honors were best... Best served posthumously or whatever after people passed away. Let's do that because I can't say this word right now. It's been a long day. Posthumously? Posthumously. Perfect. I can't even say that word. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. The spirit of Jordan is within you. That's right. Whatever. It's been a very long day at this point. Uh, the next day, the final approval of 35000 was granted by the Civil Works Authority and the project began. Yes, Katie. Uh, I'm reading about his legacy really quickly. Um, he was a strong supporter of fire service. And to this day, they still have a, they have one of the best, sorry, their fire department was considered one of the best in the country and it still has a high reputation. Also, he thought that cities should not be too noisy and Memphis still has strong noise ordinances that are more aggressively enforced than those of many other jurisdictions. I appreciate that. I zeroed in on that fact too. I'm like, I, I can't hate this guy. No. He's not a villain. It's great. I don't like places that are too noisy. I'm great with this. I love this. Anyways, just, just needed a, to point that out. I love how like they have the blues music in Memphis, and he's like, nah, no, too loud. Don't be too loud. Don't get too loud. But blues isn't too noisy. It's like nice music. Yeah, that's great. It's it fits. Like, you play the blues and just keep it low there. Keep, keep it, it yeah. low. Just keep it nice and nice, nice keep and it, easy. Keep it at like a keep it at like a five. You're yeah, fine. That's what don't, I want. Don't crank it up. Yep. Don't crank it up. Anyways. Mayor Crump wanted, he was tired of the party life. He just wanted to go to a bar and have a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Mayor Crump goes up to the DJ. Do you take requests? Yeah. Can you turn it down? Safe to say Mayor Crump did not invent crumping. Definitely not a big fan. The, by the end of ni- 1934, the scope of the project has increased to include a cinder running track and lighting consisting of six 80-foot towers holding eight 1,000-watt lamps, enabling night football to be played. From the outset, day-night doubleheaders were the norm at the stadium. Despite this type of scheduling, the first year of operation ran a deficit, with maintenance and operating costs running from $2,100 to $2,200 and gate receipts and concessions only totaling $951. So they're trying to run day-night doubleheaders to make money back on the stadium, which they spent $35,000 on. Uh, after a 1936 game between Mem- uh, I'm sorry, Mississippi and Tennessee drew a record crowd of 11000 the city decided that it should aggressively market itself as a neutral ground. Hey, neutral ground's back to the regional teams and promote <laughs> bringing big games to Memphis. The decision was made to remove the wooden bleachers on the south side of the field and replace them with concrete 46 rows high and increased capacity to 15,000. Control of the facility was transferred to the Park Commission on 1936 and $100,000 was allocated for the project. A news release from the Works Progress Administration. California has its Rose Bowl, Louisiana has its Sugar Bowl, and now Memphis is to have its Cotton Bowl. Wait, that's not Yeah, right. sorry. Someone else took that one from you. Wait, okay. Wait, the, the Cotton Bowl? <laughs> so Memphis wanted the Cotton Bowl. <laughs> By the time the football game started to go there, West Texas State, uh, I'm sorry, West Tennessee State, not West Texas State, Jesus, West Tennessee, Memphis 
They started to play their games there. And it was Memphis, again, on the threshold of big time. They were almost big time, which seems to be the story of Memphis football. They're they're almost in the power five. Almost. 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 I tagged the scoreboard in there. It, it, it just basically, the, the funny thing about it is like Crump Stadium. And there's like this weird, like, you know, metal fence thing that just had Crump Stadium's name on it. And that was still up in like 2006. So, so regarding... Okay. Regarding them calling this the Cotton Bowl in August of 1936, the first Cotton Bowl was played in Dallas January 1st, 1937. So they did technically have it first. It was the same football season, but Memphis used the name first. They tried. (laughs) They tried. (laughs) They tried it. Texas stole it from them. Well, it's okay. Memphis got the Liberty Bowl from Philadelphia, so... They it's really something. funny that the, Wikip- <laughs> the Wikipedia article here links Cotton Bowl to the Cotton Bowl Stadium in Dallas in the quote about the Cotton Bowl in Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for your 1938 Memphis Tigers, which is, again, West Tennessee State Teachers is the name of the, the team at the time. The head coach was Alan McKean. McKean played football as a as a guard and end at the University of Tennessee from 1925 to 1927, where he earned all state honors. He was also the captain of the men's basketball and track teams. He helped preserve a tie with Vandy by covering Bill Spears' receivers. From 1937 to 1938, McKean coached West Tennessee State Teachers College, which is now Memphis, of course, where he compiled a 13-6 and record. And this year, his Memphis team went undefeated at 10 and 0. Uh, you might remember him from our podcast of the 1940 Mississippi State Maroons because he left West Tennessee State to coach Mississippi State and basically led them to glory too. So it, it's funny to see two coaches overlapping on our podcast series. But Alan McKean ran off by Mississippi State, which we had on a previous pod, but he only spent two years at Memphis. He took over a team in 1936 that was 0-9. Mm. Two years later, 10-0. That's impressive. Good for him. Yeah. It's crazy. The Memphis team at the time was was captained by Roland Mack Mackin. So that's, that's, a, that's, that's a good a, name. Mack Mackin. So it's the return of the Mack Mackin. That's a great last name. I love that. Mack mm-hmm. Mackin. I just want to list off the conference that Memphis was in at the time. It was called the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. I am just going to read this off. And if anybody wants to count how many teams is in this conference, please go right ahead. So we'll start with West Tennessee State Teachers. That's one. Then you have Center, the Miami Hurricanes, Centenary, based out of Shreveport, Mississippi State Teachers, Presbyterian, Mississippi College, not Ole Miss, Western Kentucky State Teachers, Southwest Louisiana, which are now the Cajuns, Murray State, Tennessee Tech, Eastern Kentucky State Teachers, Moorhead State, Stetson, Newberry, Rollins, I'm oh, sorry, is it Rollins or Rollins? Rollins. Rollins, that sounds right. You know, Rollins. It was rolling on the river. Uh, <laughs> Louisiana Normal, which is Northwestern State. What is that Deans. name? New Louisiana Normal? And everything else is not normal? Like what? No. Normal it, schools are traditionally like teachers' colleges. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So they were like, yeah. like Mississippi, uh, I'm sorry, was it uh Eastern Michigan normal, that's what they were known as. So, like, if it's like a normal school, it's like a teacher's college. I think NIU is also a normal college Mm -hmm. at one point, maybe. Interesting. So then we have Georgetown of Kentucky. I'm still not done. Union in Tennessee. Louisiana College, 
which is in, I think, Pineville, Louisiana. Uh, Union of Kentucky. So you have a Union, Tennessee, Union, Kentucky. Transylvania. Louisiana Tech. Delta State. Oglethorpe. Middle Tennessee State Teachers. Howard out of Alabama. Emory and Henry. Louisville. Troy State. Jacksonville State. I believe it's Erskine, or is it Erskine? I think it's Erskine, I think. Okay. Tampa, Wofford, and Millsaps. It's 35 schools. I just counted. (laughs) It's incredible. And we say 16 is too many. Yeah. Well, I I pulled up the the Wikipedia for that conference, and over the course of their history, they have had 70 different schools associated with it at one point or another. The SEC and Big Big Ten could never. Y'all get to 70 and then call us. Get to 70 teams throughout the Speaking of the SEC, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Mississippi, Mississippi State. Who else is in here from there? Uh, Texas A&M was in this at one point. <laughs> um, Vanderbilt, uh, Western Kentucky, and Wofford. Yeah, we're all over the place with this one. <laughs> yeah, this, this, I love it. This conference is an absolute mess, and it's just probably one of the best of all time here. A lot of the schools didn't play each other that many, that much, really. Uh, I think the most that they've played each other in this conference was was seven games, and that was the Memphis team. They had a couple of other teams that played seven times, but there were some some schools in the conference, they only played two games. (laughs) Like Centenary based out of Shrewsbury, there were seven and four that year, but they only played two games inside this conference. Wild. Absolutely wild. Yeah, the top four teams in this conference this year played seven, four, three, and two conference games, respectively, and all went undefeated in conference. Yes. But uh, your Memphis Tigers, undefeated, and they, they, they get the conference championship because they played the most games, and they won the most games. So the, the Memphis team, amazing. Their schedule, they ran through their schedule, and they just kind of obliterated every everybody. Like, nobody really got close except for maybe two or three games. Uh, their first game was at Millsaps. They won 19-0. Uh, they beat Louisiana College 14-6 at Crump Stadium. Uh, they went to Arkansas State, and they won 38-2. This one was kind of funny. And this was labeled as a rivalry back in the day. So Arkansas State and Memphis, apparently a rivalry. Uh, I have the article from this. It says, Tudors win third in a row. Arkansas teachers fall before Memphians, which is weird. Memphians? Is that is that a real thing? Mm. It is now. Okay. Mm. It's in the paper. I, I got to go with it. Jonesboro, Arkansas, a brilliant second quarter spurt of power offered by Memphis Teachers College Tigers crushed a gallant Arkansas State teachers 11. 38-2 tonight before a crowd before 1,000 fans at Case Field. Haggard Cherry, Tudor's ace, Heaver, wafted pass after pass into the clutches of Memphians for counters which came regularly following the slow opening quarter, while elusive Herschel Ellis evaded the Arkansans for a pair of tallies. A stubborn resistance by Arkansas State in the first quarter faltered and never recovered because of Coach Leslie Speck's lack of reserve power, while the Memphians' seconds were seemingly stronger than the starters. The Arkansas State folks opened the battle with promise. They backed the Memphians into their own territory during the initial chapter and took advantage of a bad pass from center to draw first blood with a safety. So in this case, Arkansas State was o- was up 2 nothing. right? Memphis scored 38 unanswered and won that game. 
38-2. The next game after that, they, they went back to Crump Stadium and they beat Cumberland, Tennessee, 68-0. Then they took care of the Middle Tennessee State teachers. I wonder if they were known as the Blue Raiders back then. Do you think they were? Maybe. Um, uh, the wiki page does call them the Blue Raiders, yes. Wow. So the, the teachers were the Blue Raiders at the time. That's, that's fantastic. And that like is Cumberland, Tennessee. The previous game, Cumberland, Tennessee of 222-0 to zero fame. Yes. They lost 68 nothing, which is just nothing compared to that 22. <laughs> 222. That's the same Cumberland, yes. So they were known for taking some, some big blocks, apparently. Uh, they went to Tennessee Tech. They won 26-13. Then they went to go play Arkansas A&M. Arkansas A&M, I just want to say that is the Arkansas Monticello Bowl Weevils. Shout out to the Bowl Weevils. Anytime Woo. we get a chance to mention the Bowl Weevils, we have to talk about them. Gotta. Then they went to Troy State. I'm sorry, they, they were still at home against Troy, uh, and they won 20-6. to six. Uh, Union Tennessee, they won 13-7. And then they finished the season to go 8-0 by beating Delta State in Cleveland, Mississippi. So I have a photo of the Crump Stadium from 1934, what it supposedly looked like. So there was some not a bad stadium. It's a nice little postcard of the stadium. Yeah, it's kind of pretty. The stadium lights, the decent for 1934. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Michigan stuff. could never. Michigan could never. <laughs> well, I mean, Northwestern, you know, they don't want to even... Oh, yeah, Michigan does have lights now. Northwestern could never. I, I wanted to say like this. I found a yearbook. It was called the DeSoto yearbook. Let me see if I can plug that in real quick. I love the bull weevils every single time. <laughs> so much. The, the mascots are just amazing. It's like the lady bull weevils. Another one's in the uniform. It's fantastic. So I have the yearbook here. So they have a picture of Captain Roland McMacken and just basically with the DeSoto yearbook, which apparently that's that's the name of the yearbook. It's just DeSoto. So it says only about 40 people knew last September that State Teachers College would have an undefeated season, and they were the players and coaches who made the season successful. When the Tudors whipped Millsap College 19-0 down at Jackson, Mississippi, few seemed to think of the times not very long past where to win one game was almost unbelievable. So keep in mind, the yearbook realizes two years ago, we were 0-9, and then they just went around and turned 10-0. It was incredible. When the Tudors made their inaugural appearance, at the fairgrounds night, September 24th, many fans were agreeably surprised at the way in which this team clicked. Haggard Cherry. That's the na- that's his name. A newcomer to the squad. His name was Haggard Cherry. It's a great name. He amazed the crowd by his ability to run, pass, and block. Skeeter Ellis, one of the best climax runners seen in Memphis, amazed the crowd by his long runs, which were set up by the great teamwork uh, of the rest of the squad. Coming from behind the Tudors, the, the Tudors, Defeated their opponents, Louisiana College, by a score of 14-6. For the second straight week, the Tudors had come from behind to defeat a better-than-average squad, a team from Jonesboro, by the score of 38-2. Returning to Memphis the following week, the Tudors went after the scalps of Cumberland University and came out of the track meet with 68 points to zero for their opponents. The first real test of the Tudor strength came at Crump Stadium the next Friday night. Oh, they're playing Friday night games. Mm. Against the heavier and larger squad, the teachers were able to defeat the Middle Tennessee State teachers' children by by twenty-five to seven. Heavier and larger, and then Chil- te- uh, children yes. in the same sentences. You have to love the yearbook. Sure, 
This is page 120 of 39. I don't know if I linked that correctly, but it took forever for me to load. So I, I threw it in the, the chat. on the Discord. No, it took me to the right spot. Okay, perfect. Packing their war paint and armor, the Tudors journeyed to Cookville to talk things over with a team that was rated one of the best in the conference. But when the candles were blown out that night uh, and large glow was still coming from the scoreboard, which said that Memphis boys had won 26 to 13. At Crump Stadium the following Saturday afternoon, the Tigers defeated the Red and White Boys from Arkansas A&M by the score of 50 nothing. By this time, everyone was beginning to smell an undefeated season. They had won seven games and seemed to be getting stronger every game. Ellis was still piling up touchdown after touchdown, and the band was learning to play flat foot flugie better. I have no idea what that song is, and, and Jordan needed to be here. Jordan, can you input, like, flat foot flugie if you can find it in here? Should we just add comments like we listen to it? Yeah, sure. Go right ahead. I'm like, I'm just, who cares if he edits this or not? I'm just asking him to add stuff. When I do that and he's not here, he doesn't add I have a feeling he's going to do minimal editing. I think I found this. I found this song. Yeah. Hang on. You found it? Flatfoot Flugy? Yeah, I'm trying to play it. Can you like present or something? Flatfoot Flugy with a Floy Floy? What the heck's a Floy Floy? (laughs) <laughs> I, I think someone is actually know, but it's from the right year <laughs> i think someone in this video is playing it from a record and if it's good i'll put i'll put it on my regular speakers yeah okay hang on i'm gonna take my my ear pods out and play it through my speakers if it will so it'll catch Let's on my see if mic this i think i can just play it on my phone <laughs> katie's trying oh i can't get it to hang on i can't get it to play through my regular speakers oh. here's something With a floy floy. That's right. All right. So, so like you might recall that Skeeter remarked over the radio that all he, that, that was all he needed when he was playing. So this was their hype music. This was their hype. <laughs> well, it, it peaked at number two on the U.S. charts in 1938. <laughs> I love when we do these old, you know, these, these old teams. Like you go through the 1980s and 1990s charts. But we've never gone deep in like the 1938 charts here, so we we are jamming with the the flat foot flute. The song's gonna be stuck in my head tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're jamming. This was the hype music of the 1938 Memphis team. Skeeter loved it apparently. <laughs> I'm gonna stop that. That's so good. I love it. It was so good. Oh man, it was amazing. He said it was just waiting for the band to play the song and then he could really go. So this was this was basically the hype song for Memphis. Maybe, maybe this was, you know, let them play neck or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let I mean, the band like, play, play flat foot fluji. That's right. Let, let the band play this. Uh, the Warriors from Troy, Alabama were the next hit and run victim of the Tigers. A hit and run. Mm. When the battle was over, the Tigers vic- had victory number painted eight on their walls. Teachers 20, Troy 6. 
most people were beginning to believe that all good things had to end the following weekend. It looked like the powerful Union University squad might make the Tigers roar just a little quieter. After starting off like a house of fire and making it 13-0, the Tigers seemed to bog down and were very glad to get out of the game with their ninth victory, 13-7. In one of the muddiest games ever played, the teachers <laughs> played Delta State boys at Cleveland, Mississippi. Right at the start, Paul Hicks plunged through the center of the line for a first down on the Generals' 10-yard line, but the pig began to squeal, and someone turned him over <laughs> to the Delta boys. <laughs> My God, I can't, I mean, as soon as, as soon as somebody says pig begins to squeal, like I have images that man, I I wish I'd never never saw that movie Deliverance. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> we watched that in school, man. Mm. <laughs> Make you squeal like a pig. Squeal but like a pig, uh, uh, somebody at the half the score was zero zero at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Skeeter Ellis all jacked up by the flat foot. Flugi was sent into the game with his clean and dry suit. He made a jackknife dive around right end and hit the bottom of the pool at the sidelines and then started swimming for the other end of the pool and got there and found himself alone with six points on the scoreboard. Not long after that, one of our boys found himself in the way of one of their kicks and got two more points for his efforts. Teachers eight, Delta State zero. To sum it all up, State Teachers Tigers scored 281 points to their opponents, 41. Ellis was a member of the SIAA All-Star Team, and Roland McMacken, return of the McMacken, was a that. member of the All-Second Team. By the time the season was ended, there was much talk about a postseason game with San Jose State College in California, but for some reason, this game was not played. So they missed out on a bowl game. You may have to do the repeat of that, the 1938 season too, Kevin. Man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find enough <laughs> for that. It took me a long time finding all the records for 82, and that was a little bit more published. Yeah, I mean. We'll see what I can find. So I threw in some pictures. Memphis State College undefeated team there. You can see like a team picture. I mean, I'm just looking at that picture, and oh my God, did it look like it was very hot. It just looked like they were just sweaty. It's incredible. It, and nobody has a matching uniform, I don't think. There's very few that have any matching uniforms. Undefeated. I mean, what do we feel like those jerseys were made out of back then? I have no idea. Nothing well, breathable, right? Lap. Yeah. It doesn't it's not great. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't think that was great at all. It looks hot. Looks very hot. Very hot. You're sweaty. It's Tennessee. What do you expect? Just not necessarily uh you know, it didn't even look like they have any of those jersey holes or anything like that. You know, back in the eighties. I also got, you know, from the yearbook, basically just showing them putting on their cleats. And then there's the coaching staff. There's McKean, uh, Jimmy Grisham. There's the basketball coach. I was going to say, scroll down past it and take a look at the basketball uniforms for me real quick. Let me get let me get to the basketball unis real quick. Drop a, drop a picture in the Discord here. Were knee pads common in basketball back then? God, it's like a wrestling, like, singlet. It's a, it's yeah. a wrestling singlet. And, and like, those are shorts. what we like to call hot pants. Those are definitely hot that's, pants. That's some hot pants. And like, at least one of these freshmen is 40 years old, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. I love the picture of, oh, man, I don't, like, they have a picture of everybody that was on the team with an action shot. 
It's it's absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, which one's your favorite? I don't know. Which one is yours? I kind of like Farina's dive, but yep. also Calhoun doing the jump pass. I do love a good jump pass. Calhoun doing the jump pass is great. I like Ellis because there's somebody else in there, and he looks like he's just having a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, he is, over. he is frolicking over. He him. is frolicking over. <laughs> frolicking over everybody. It's it's so good. What's one's your favorite, Katie? Are we looking at the basketball guys or are we looking at the football guys? Back to the football. football guys. Oh, I was looking at the basketball because I was loving Raymond with the catching the ball. Like, that seems... Anyway, sorry. I was, that's what I was on. <laughs> I like how we got the kicker in there, like like full kick. Yeah, extension. I might like Lynch the kicker the most. That leg is very extended. He's showing his flexibility. I appreciate that. Good stretch. He looks very tall for a yeah, punter too. He does. Yeah, I like that. Also, the guys this... Par and Enoch with the like formation there, the three that are down on the bottom left. I was gonna say the Par Enoch uh, duo shot mm-hmm. might be my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's good. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Let me. There's just one part of the yearbook. If you go back a page or so. I think it's like uh, page 117. Just like one side when they start this part of the yearbook is just amazing. Let me throw it in Discord real quick. It just says like sports. And then like the, the cropping. The dude, just, the dude just completely missing his catch. Kind of looks like De Niro. <laughs> it it's like, I'm imagining like it's Robert the face Niro. that the guy it at the top of that like screen De Niro. is <laughs> And he definitely looks like he's missing that catch for sure. I'm a little bit stressed out for him. The face that the guy at the top of the page is making is incredible, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like the sports, and there's a guy holding books. Yeah, there's a guy in a sweater <laughs> holding a stack of books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's off, picking up the entire he's off page. to go do the... He's, he's a mathlete. Listen, I kind of like his outfit. I kind of want it. I like that sweater and those pants. <laughs> Got a nice you can pull that off. Mm-hmm. You can definitely pull that off. No problem. Yeah, I like whatsoever. It. Love this team. This team was fascinating. I almost went with the... the the team that tied Ole Miss in 1963, but something about this team like drew, drew, you know, the Crump Stadium thing, which is fantastic because Memphis in 1963 they did not play in Crump Stadium, and then you know the conference having 35 teams would just felt more sickos. And really, the yearbook sold it to me when they just put the entire team. That's it. Like that's how many people they had on the team. Like now you you look at a team they they got at least a hundred players. That's their team. That's the entire team, 1938. That's what, one, two, three, like what? Like 20 people? 20, 25 people? That's it. Just 20 It's crazy. Living the dream. Iron Man football. Good stuff. So shout out to the best team of all time for teams who are below 500 all time, the Memphis State Teachers. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We definitely do appreciate it. Okay, wait. Thank you to the... Oh, I, I do have a quick question. Sorry about All this. Right. This is this Memphis State teachers is became Mem- Memphis University of Memphis Tigers, or it became Memphis State, right? Which one? Both. Okay. Be- yes, it became Memphis. Memphis State teachers became Memphis State became University of Memphis. Okay, because here's my question. I was looking this up earlier. My very first Florida State game that I ever went to was played at the Citrus Bowl here in Orlando. Um, it was in 1989 or 19. Okay, hold on. Look. 1990. And it was Florida State versus Memphis State. It was like an exhibition game they played here in Orlando. So is this is this the same school? Is that or is nope. there two separate Yeah, they changed now? in 1994. Got it. Yep. Okay. That's what I needed to know. So I've watched the them play school. years ago. So you watched Memphis play. Yeah, basically it's, it's weird that they, they had a team. It was it was West Tennessee State. T 
teachers, and then mm-hmm. they became Memphis State. They changed their name, and then they just, just straight up went by Memphis. So, I did not know that they changed it in the nineties. I thought there were still two separate schools. Okay, it kind of it kind of feels like you know a little bit what the Raging Cajuns are trying to do. You know, they were Southwest Louisiana, and then they became the University of Louisiana Lafayette, and now they're just branded, not officially name changed, but just branded as Louisiana. Interesting, but you know, it's it's kind of what. But they officially changed their name of their school. So, you know, they went from Memphis State to, you know, Memphis State is great. But you could have made all those jokes like, hey, Memphis ain't a state. You know, all that fun stuff. It's not a state. It's a state of mind. And the state of mind is at the Bass Pro Shop Pyramid. It's true. Also a good point. Hey, Jason Isbell went to Memphis. I don't think I knew that. Neat. I love that. Oh, wow. I'm just looking at notable alumni. Yeah. Give me a good one. Give me a notable alumni to end the game on, end the podcast on. We just did Jason Isabel. Yeah, it's like it's it's not very it's not a very long list. Mulgrew Miller, jazz pianist. Love it. We used to have real names in this country. <laughs> Man, how, how okay? I mean, you could you could have went with Dixie Carter from Designing Women. I didn't know what she was from. I'd never heard heard that name before. You've never heard you? of Julia Julia Sugarbaker. I've okay. never watched Designing Women. You don't okay. know who Dixie Carter is? Oh, that makes sense. I mean, I, I, I you know, rest in peace, Tim McCarver. You got that. Jerry Lawler, the king from Memphis. Derek Rose. Penny Hardaway, who just got suspended for three games. Memphis the town or Memphis University? Memphis University. I don't see Jerry Lawler on my list. Is he listed like in athletics? Yeah, there he is. Uh, athletics. Jerry Lawler, Hall uh, of Fame okay. professional wrestler. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was just on. I was just on Memphis's Wikipedia page where it says notable alumni. Yeah, Jerry Lawler was not there. University of Memphis people. <laughs> I think we're on different wikis. Uh, I'm gonna throw the wiki that I'm on in the Discord so we can just do that. Fred Thompson. Yeah, if I would, if I would have seen Jerry the King Lawler, I would have definitely announced him. Dixie Carter. That's amazing. Yeah. Designing woman. I want to go watch Lawler. an episode now. Definitely want to go, go right ahead. I might. Yeah, this is the list I was at. That's why I was like, it's pretty sparse. Dan Ugla. Okay, that's weird. That's a Braves fan. But Derek Rose, of course, we mentioned previously. Isaac Bruce went to Memphis. All right. Do they have? Uh, Do they have somebody that that won like a an award or something? Like Stan Bronson Jr. He is the Guinness World Record holder, Bat Boy, for Memphis Tigers baseball. John Calipari went there. Oh, what? There we go. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Didn't know that. I know he was a coach there, but he went to Memphis. Uh, oh, it just says coaches. Okay. All right. All right. I, I was like, John, where did he go to school? No, he went to UNC Wilmington. Okay. He was a Seahawk. Yeah. That, <laughs> I see him in the jersey. He was a Seahawk. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Sickness Committee podcast. We went over the University of Memphis. Uh, famous and notable alumni. Shout out to Jerry King Lawler. Shout out to Fred Thompson, Dixie Carter. Katie's uh, about to go to bed, but first mm-hmm. she's going to watch Designing Women. Uh, mm-hmm. What is that streaming on? It was on Hulu for a while. I don't know. I haven't watched it in a while. I got Hulu at one point because it was on there. So I don't oh. know where it is now. I'll so you around. got Hulu for Designing Women particularly? Like- yeah, legitimately when it because it wasn't <laughs> streaming anywhere for a long time. And then it was on Hulu. And I was like, yeah, I'm signing up for Hulu. And so I have never canceled it. So I think that I just Googled, can I stream Designing Women? And it still says Hulu. All right. Yes. So it's still on Hulu. God bless I, America. I love, I'm so excited. I love that Katie like purposely bought Hulu just to watch Designing Women. For Designing Women. Yes. All right. 
beautiful. Julia Sugarbaker. I need her wisdom in my life. We're going to end that on there. You know, Delta Burke. We're going to shout out to them and, and Meshach Taylor. Love, love that show. Fantastic. But thank you so much for listening to the Sickos Committee podcast. Thank y'all. And y'all have a great evening or morning, whatever you listen to this. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>